This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Canadians spend more than two hours per day on social media platforms. Social media is becoming more prevalent every day and influencers and those that want to be influencers are too. Influencing is an all-new career option that until recently didn't exist. Uh, Social media influencers build relationships with their followers through the content they share and interactions on live streams, comments and chats. This in turn builds a great sense of community and ultimately gives influencers, influencers more influential power. There are challenges, however. A new National Film Board documentary titled Anything for Fame, looks into the ruthless attention economy of the internet. Young influencers gamble everything for fame and fortune. Anything for Fame ventures into the virtual Wild West to profile an ambitious and somewhat are you reckless at times new breed of content creators. The film is directed by Tyler Funk. He uh, is a resident of Burnaby. Joining us now are social media influencers Stuart Reynolds, who goes by the online name Brittle Star. Stuart is one of those few influencers who has managed a successful career that has lasted over a decade and has helped uh, director Tyler Funk navigate the world of digital creators. Also joining us is Jake Hillhouse, an Ontario-based creator whose online persona is of a suburban prankster who is inspired by the Jackass franchise. Uh, let's listen to the uh, trailer just for a moment before we get to our two guests. Take a listen. Internet fame is a real thing. Internet fame is a powerful thing. Now anybody could become famous. I started just pumping out content for fun. I didn't expect to gain a following at all. We gotta come up with new ideas that are crazier. That's the direction that I kind of took it. Homeland Security and the FBI got involved and the repercussions were pretty severe. We live in a society where we're seen as objects. We just are. And it's like a lot of people don't want to admit it. My son's an influencer and I was like, I don't even know what that means. Are you getting a full-time job? They want something scandalous. They want a headline. If I'm going to go to jail, I'm going to go to jail for these videos. I just got to learn how to do it, and I'll be okay. It wasn't me up there doing it. I'm sure somebody else would be up there doing it. I was willing to, you know, do anything for fame. Uh, Jake Stewart, welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for having me. Yeah, great to have both you guys here. Yeah, I was looking forward to this all day. I think it's a fabulous uh uh, documentary, and I think you've really hit on a topic that is really of the moment and uh, really talks about the broader conversation around technology uh, and how we interact every single day. Let me start with you first and foremost, Jake. Uh, did you always have a desire to be an influencer? Like, How did you get motivated to become an influencer? I think I'm a professional attention seeker, to be honest. Hmm. Um, I don't think you know, I originally wanted to be an influencer. I think it kind of happened by accident. It kind of started with skateboarding. I was creating these skateboarding videos with, you know, the the skate park homies and and stuff, uh, people from my school. How old were you? I picked up my first skateboard at the age of 12. 12. And so we started posting videos to YouTube and... At the same time at 12. Yeah, 12, 13, 14, all the way into high school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with skateboarding and like skateboarding culture comes with like, you know, mischievous behavior and stuff. So we'd be filming us skateboarding, but then we'd also be filming us getting kicked out of, you know, skate spots, getting in trouble with the police, getting in trouble with security and stuff. And I remember just like my friends from school who didn't skateboard loving that stuff. And so um, I think that's kind of where 
the whole attention seeking came from. But partially it was probably to be a little anti-establishment. If you're posting the videos looking for perhaps confrontation or interaction with authorities, how much of it was just the idea of being sort of anti-establishment? Yeah, I loved it. To be honest, I loved it. I mean, that was the whole goal at some point, yeah, was to see how far we could take it. Uh, Stuart, uh, you, on your own, you're an influential guy. I, I uh, follow you as well. I think you produce fabulous content. Thank you. First of all, very well produced. It's funny. Um, satire. It's well done. It's professional in my mind. Thanks. Um, you're at a different stage in regards to what you produce, what others produce. I mean, I'm, I, no, yeah. I mean that is it's just an analysis here. Yeah. So walk me through when you see this, and as I said, you were working with the filmmakers in regards mm-hmm. to guiding them. What kind of things did you tell them when they first came to you? I think you know the the, the really important thing to take away is that content creators who do these sort of extreme or sort of wild stuff on video. Um, for the most part, and certainly my experience has been over the past 10 years, is that they're super nice people. They're actually really nice. Hmm. And they wouldn't do it if there wasn't a demand for it, if there wasn't an audience for it. So it's not just a case of like there's this, these outliers who are creating these really crazy videos. It's the fact that there's an appetite for it from everybody. Um, now, obviously, you know, I, I watch some of Jake's stuff and I'm like, oh, man, be safe, man. I, the, the dad in me comes out. <laughs> yeah. don't, please don't do that. Please don't yeah. do that. But at the same time, I mean, uh, you know, Jake's well-spoken, smart guy, mm-hmm. great guy, super sweet, and uh, just happens to make crazy videos that people love. Like, you know. So in your mind, beyond them being nice folks, is it in the case of, as Jake says, he was anti-establishment, he enjoyed it, he loved it, I get that. Uh, but is there, how much of the pull is fame and fortune, mm. um, all those types of things, acceptance perhaps. What, how much of that do you think drives some of these influencers? Well, I think it's changed and you know, it's certainly different for each, each person. Um, but I think, you know, when I was starting, it was kind of this idea of just putting stuff out there and, and getting a, and getting some attention, getting some notoriety. And the money part was kind of an incidental, like maybe you can make money kind of. Mm-hmm. And I think now that's first, not for everyone, certainly, but for a lot of content creators, it's more a case of like, they know that there's huge fortunes maybe and, mm-hmm. and within reach. And that's pretty, you know, attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to one of the, uh, one of the pieces here. Uh, Talia, let's go with uh, a piece from Jake here. Now I want to uh, provide some background on this. You're in the back of a swerving U-Haul truck, right? Correct. And you're wearing rollerblades. The truck itself is empty. You're the only one in there, but it's swerving, right? Correct. So you're you're wearing rollerblades on the floor. Uh, the floor is littered with Legos and sandpaper. Am I correct? Yeah, I think a, like a little dash of like those thumbtacks, but yeah, you and got thumbtacks it. too. Just yeah. for a little dash, like it's a bit of pepper. Yeah, a little sprinkle. <laughs> you, can we play that? Let's listen in. All right, so I know a lot of YouTubers have done a video like this where they get a U-Haul. We're doing it today, except uh, I'm going to be having rollerblades on in the back. We got an office chair, and uh, we're going to spice it up by putting some Legos, sandpaper on the ground. We're going to have tons of fun. It's going to be great. the wood thing so hard. Dude, I, swear, I blacked out for like a second, dude. Well, I definitely have a concussion row or something. I hit it so hard on the side. <laughs> There's something special about that on radio as well. Oh, like, you, can, you can... I'm in pain listening to it. I could, I could feel every little bump and fall there. So it, it, walk me through 
the planning for something like that, or perhaps lack of planning, I don't know, but walk me through how you would go about that. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I'll have these brainstorming sessions Uh and I'll put pen to paper and then I'll kind of be like, all right, this one's funny. How easy is it to do? Do I have the budget to make that happen? Um, Like what resources do we have to gather to get it done? Mm -hmm. And then I'll go with that idea. And I think that, to be honest, like that idea was probably spun up the night before. And I mm-hmm. said, okay, let's run it tomorrow. And uh, you book the U-Haul truck. You buy some Legos from Walmart, uh, sandpaper from Canadian Tire. <laughs> and then you hop back there and hope for the best, you know. Maybe I'll tell the camera person, you know, maybe we should prop up the, you know, the GoPro in the, the right corner. But mm-hmm. other than that, there's no test runs. It's just throw me back there. Let's see what happens. And uh, it turned out all right. Well. For something like that, so who would comment on that? Is it are your is your audience predominantly Canadian? Is it American? Do you have it around, or is it around the world? Like who do, who who do you, who writes to you? Who responds to that? Yeah, I think it's a mix. To be honest, I think like with the kind of language and the the way I speak, mm-hmm. like I gravitate to to Canadians, and there's a good uh, follow base in the United States. But I also was checking my statistics, and I have a lot of Argentina fans and Croatia. So there's a mix-up, you know? The desire there's... for U-Haul content in Argentina. There you go. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> there right? You go. Um, in regard, so are you able to make a living off of this? That's something I've always struggled with, right? Because of the nature of my content, uh-huh. it's hard to get brands to want to work with someone that is in the back of U-Haul trucks with rollerblades. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's always been a struggle on these platforms trying to, to monetize myself. I've made do, and uh, I've found different avenues on you know monetizing at least – uh, my knowledge that I've learned about branding myself and, mm-hmm. and marketing myself. But in terms of the content physically, I've never been in the profit. I've always ever put, you know, more money into it than I'm seeing back. So right now it's just to build the brand yep. and, and sort of keep developing in regards to what you're doing. And that's all it ever really was for me. Mm-hmm. Like, to be honest, if I can make just enough to get by off of my content, then that was more than enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart, uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I had Roy Wood Jr. on here. He yeah. was a correspondent for The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your content is a little different in the sense that you're not a back of U-Haul trucks, but you're doing social <laughs> commentary through humor yeah. in many ways, right? Um, how much of the polarized political environment today impacts what you say and, and your satire and your comedy today. I mean, I think there's some low-hanging fruit. I think you could probably go for some stuff and, know, and get guaranteed half uh, half of the people would be into it and the other half wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'd react strongly in both of those directions. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think you want to try to create stuff that as many people as possible can enjoy. I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not interested in just one specific group of people and entertaining those people. I don't want to be regional. I don't want to be just Canadian. I don't want to be just whatever on the political spectrum. Um, I'd rather create content that people can share and just enjoy. And it makes life a bit better for everybody. And I think that's the key with, you know, content creators in general, um, is that they're creating stuff for people to like for fun. Like there's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's rarely ever, you know, abusive or, or negative, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a, a bit of uh, Stuart's creation. Uh, Stuart Reynolds, of course, goes under the name Brittle Star. This is in regards to a news piece originally involving one of our high-profile political leaders. Take a listen. Hi. We noticed that some of you were unhappy when a video emerged of a politician using the public address system on a recent flight, and we heard you. That airline said they'd review their policy, 
Then that politician said if they didn't allow people to use the public address system, they'd be infringing upon freedom of speech. And we heard that too. So we're pleased to announce that anyone can now use the public address system on any of our flights for any reason. Not just politicians, birthdays, testing out some new stand-up material, marriage proposals, fart contests, divorce announcements, low-quality karaoke, Facebook marketplace listing promotion, threatening your kids that you'll turn this plane around and head straight home instead of going to Disney if they don't shut up and settle down. Whatever you want, because that makes sense, right? Freedom of Speech Airlines. Welcome aboard. Jake, let me ask you one question. I, I sometimes read about this, is this constant need for content from your sub- followers. They're, they're always going to be there. And as I said, you know, on average, Canadians spend about two hours a day on social media. They always want con- con- content, period. Um, a, does that wear you down? And B, more importantly to me, what impact does this have on your mental health? This constant need to create, at times, criticism, unfair criticism, uh, it, it, it can impact your mental health in some ways as well. I mean, how do you deal with some of that? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've faced it myself. You have to be, su- you, you are being super vulnerable when you're posting on these social media platforms. And um, yeah, even I've had to take a step back a few times to kind of regroup something that even from my personal experiences uh, with the content that I create, I put something out and then I'm like, okay, now I got to think of the next big thing because people have already seen this part and they've moved on and they want to see what crazy thing I'm going to do next. And yeah, it does wear you out. And I've had to take little breaks here and there. They say consistency is key, but, um, you know, in terms of your mental health, that's way more important. And, you know, if you're not taking those much needed breaks, you're gonna, you know, break down, you're going to wear yourself out. And, uh, burnout we've seen it with tons of other social media stars and stuff so. I, you notice that some of them have, have done very well and yeah. they just walk away or they take a year off because it is a constant issue yeah. uh with scrutiny uh with unfair comments all of that um Stuart, same question to you because you know you are it's satire mm. uh but in in these rather sensitive times i don't care if you're mm. right wing left wing wherever you stand uh even you you're going to get criticism sure right yeah. how do you deal with it I, I sort of think of social media as like if, it's if you, you and I went into a bar mm-hmm. and had a drink and had a conversation, I'm listening to you. There might be like a hundred other conversations going on in the background, but I'm tuning them out. And social media is like going into the bar, you and I having a conversation, and I can hear everyone else's conversation crystal clear. So you have to kind of reteach yourself and relearn how to tune out the important, you know, the unimportant stuff and focus on the important stuff. And I think that's just a skill that we will develop naturally. I think it'll be a case of you know, we, we weight comments too heavily sometimes that like people respond to a tweet or something like that. And you're thinking, oh, no, does everyone think this way? No, that one person might happen to think that way, even just briefly. It might even be their main, you know, position mm-hmm. on, the, on the issue. So you just have to kind of, you know, weight those types of things accordingly. Ignore the dumb stuff and, and focus on the important stuff. Uh, Jake, are social media influencers here to stay? Or is this of the moment? Because, you know, we've had uh, lawyers on from the United States on this show on behalf of school districts suing social media companies like Facebook and Instagram because the impact it's having on mental health of children. Now, that's a separate issue. Uh, But there is a broader conversation about just a pushback from society on big tech. Not you, but big Mm -hmm. tech. Um, So within that conversation, are we going to have social media influencers 30 years from now? Or is this of the moment only? 
That's a great question. I think there are cycles uh, to social media pl- platforms, content, all of that. But when you have people like Will Smith and like, you know, we're talking A-list celebrities mm-hmm. um, using YouTube, using Instagram and stuff, a lot of the stuff that they're promoting, whether it be like an artist with an album or something, it's all on social media and they're all treating it as their main source of promoting their art. So yeah, I think it's here to stay, but I think we will go through cycles. We went through the cycle of, you know, Los Angeles. It's literally just influencers and then Mm -hmm. they all went to Miami and now they're all going back to LA. So there's like these cycles uh, of YouTubers that come and go and we've seen the rise of TikTok and all the new influencers from there. But I think general, um, yeah, influencers, social media is, is here to stay. Uh, so if you do want to watch this film, which is directed by Burnaby's Tyler Funk, it's called Anything for Fame. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Stuart, it's available on Paramount+. Plus. It is. And just, just finishing on that, it's finishing a six-week run where it was like the number two uh, documentary on oh, the platform. Great. And, uh, and then it's going to be available to the NFB, so nfb.ca, and you'll be able to watch it for free there. And you're doing a good thing by watching it because NFB is amazing. That is great. It's called Anything for Fame. It's available on nfb.ca. CA and as Stuart said, it is for free. Stuart Reynolds, Jake Hillhouse, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much for having me. Thank you.